This is a HeadGum Podcast. Yay, it's another episode of Enemies. I'm Lisa Traeger. Thrilling news. Um, I've never liked Adam Levine. Fuck him. Fuck his gross ass. I don't think the mistress should have, like, used an affair for TikTok fame. But, um, like, that's pretty fucked up, like, to fuck up a family because you want to be on Twitter, like, or TikTok. I just... I don't know, but... um, And then, okay, so for those who don't know, I did just dive right in. Um, If you're new to the podcast, I'm Lisa Traeger, the host of Enemies. There will be a guest, but at first I chit-chat. And also, we answer voicemails. Make sure to be calling in with all of your enemy problems. 323-677-1943. Let's do that. Um, So Adam Levine is in Maroon 5, and I hate him because... I know him. I know this type. I know this fucking type. It's like this band geek dork or like this musical nerd vibes, right? And then they become famous and then they get to fuck people that they shouldn't be fucking. Uh, It's like dork, fake, cool vibes. I could just tell he was like a little twerp, right? I'm going to light a joint, I think. So anyway, so I've just never liked him. His vibe and energy just always rub me the wrong way. Like just like a dork who becomes a rock star. So then um, he's married to a Victoria's Secret model, and obviously she's hot. She's a Victoria's Secret model. And then um, just this week, a, like, TikTok hottie, um, she posted a video that basically they had an affair for a whole year, and um, then they haven't spoken in months, and she just got a DM from her, from him. Adam Levine messaged the mistress to see if he can name his future child her name so his wife is pregnant with their third child and he asked the mistress to name the son after her Sumner he was like hey what's up so can I name my baby after you serious question lol and then um so his wife would have like been like fine yeah I can do that name all right cool and then it would have been the mistress's name this is like so sick sicker than I ever anticipated um but I and then so all these people have been finding videos of the hot girl who the mistress and she has videos like through the year that they were in an affair like rolling around her bed to maroon five songs and like with captions that are leading and but then so she put this out because she said some of her friends like betrayed her and told people because she did show some friends but also like no one I don't know still from those friends it's just like a fucking crazy thing that she did and now she's like I can't believe people are being mean to me I was manipulated and I just kind of don't buy it you were fucking a rock star for a year but anyways so Adam Levine I hope you drag down into the dirt of the depths that you deserve cheating on your pregnant wife like that's the thing like men are so mad that they're like put in a category of being pieces of shit but then the highest like chance of them cheating is when their wives are pregnant like that was the highest rate of men on ashley madison was like when their wives were pregnant so it's like you guys say you don't want to be seen as terrible people and then every chance and statistic and moment you get you're like cheating on your pregnant wife it's appalling to me um also i know i won't talk about the lady gaga concert extensively but i did want to say that there was a viral video (laughs) 
<laughs> of like Lady Gaga going through a crowd and people chasing her. And then the person turns around and goes, I'm a drag queen. I'm not Lady Gaga. I'm a drag queen. <laughs> and then they zoom in on the security guard who should have been watching Lady Gaga. And he, his face is like, wait, what? Huh? And then he like runs off because he realizes he's been following the wrong person. So those are just little things that I really enjoyed. Um, also, I'm doing stand up on the road. So please check out my dates. Um, I'll be in D.C. I should be promoting that more. Yeah, I'll be in D.C. early October. I really need to start pushing that. And then, OK, sorry. You're like, I'm just panicking in my brain right now. Um, so, yeah, D.C., then Chicago, Alabama, Detroit, Madison. So yeah, come see me. Um, also, the other podcast that's messed up. We're going on tour as well. I did finally start watching Survivor season 42. I want to watch the new one live, I think, with everybody. Um, so I'm just catching up. One of the greatest shows of all time. Um, I hope all of your lives are incredible. I'm feeling grateful, even though my home is a mess and there's garbage everywhere. And... I just don't care. Life's too good to care. Like, obviously, I wish I had a cleaner, more organized home. But, like, I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on having a good time, doing shows, having friends. Okay, so this episode, I've been wanting to get our guest, Dina Hashem. That's Dina Hashem, an amazing stand-up comedian, super funny. I've been a fan for a while. And basically, a few years ago... They had an incident that really affected them, but let's say it really affected me. It did not affect me at all. It just like riled me up, got me really pissed. I was just like really not into the situation. Um, so we're going to talk about it. Obviously, this is enemies. So finally, we're like getting like on track with the theme for once. Um, the beginning of the pod, you know, we're just chatting chats our lives and then we'll get into the business. So you'll get to know her a little bit and and then we'll get into what happened. Um, and then I'm going to tease it. I'm going to tease it. But it's the Internet. Like, you know what I mean? Like no one chopped her arm off. Thank God. Um, so and then we'll listen to it. And I think you'll really like it. And I'm really happy. I've been trying to get uh, Dina for a really long time. I've had so many questions for her and to just dissect it all. Obviously, we talk about how men are the worst. Like, I cannot ever get through one fucking podcast without being so disgusted by men. Um, anywho, so that's that. Enjoy it. Here's Dina Hashem. <laughs> Yay! Dina, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I feel like an idiot, but I'm good. No, um, I do not feel like an idiot. Technology <laughs> is stupid. That's why that man has to do it, because I don't want to do it. <laughs> okay, good. I don't ever want to do tech. I'm on a bed on the floor in my friend's side room. Um, I love it. Is this so your studio? The official... No, I'm just in New York. I'm just traveling. And I broke my headphones because I'm so reckless. So they're like taped to my head right now. But <laughs> podcasting. I love it. <laughs> um, you're in Jersey City. You are a comedian. You are amazing. I am curious, though, about I've noticed on social media throughout the pandemic, you've gotten really into skateboarding. 
Yeah, I did. I want to say that I did it of my own volition as like a, just a cool rad girl, but it's because I started dating a skater boy. Um, and did he encourage it? Did he force it upon you? You didn't trust him to be at the skate park. You were impressed and wanted some. What was it? I just, I, I never really considered it before in my life. And then the way he like approaches it and like sort of explained it, it just, it added up with my sort of like ethos of life it's like this it's a new way of seeing the world where like you look at your environment in a way of like how do I skate that it, like it makes the world more fun in a way not that I'm able at all to like skate on the street or do street skating but it's just it's like a cool group of people he's like a he was like a philosopher skater you know like I thought he was going to be this like dumb guy when he messaged me at first and then it turned out he was like really smart and had good taste in like art and music and stuff and I don't know I just it seemed like the right thing to do and it's just it's it's a lot of fun just physically like I was just not really moving my body a lot particularly because of the pandemic but also before that I was not moving my body a lot neither do I do on, on stage I don't know if you've, if you've noticed I kind of just stand there and so it was just like this new territory that I never considered both like physically and like philosophically I guess that sounds so incredibly dumb to say no I'm into skater boys I'm just shocked that was never appealing to you like to me I feel like they're the hottest in terms of skaters, yeah, I guess I just didn't really know any. I was more just like aligned with like weird people who are into weird music and like and like, you know, being a nerd at school. But there weren't a lot of skaters, I guess, or just they just never I also wasn't really allowed to hang out with dudes a lot. So just not something that was that available to me because I grew up, you know, in a repressed state. Um so yeah, it's just, it never really, it was never really part of my world. And then when it came in, it was like just a, a cool thing to start doing. Have any kids at the skate park called you a poser or anything? No, you would be shocked how nice a 12 year old can be to you and how embarrassing it is to have one just encourage you like don't worry you could do it just like a 12 year old who's so much better at you at this one thing and just really wants you to do your best it's actually like a really it's a more supportive environment than comedy for sure really so the skate park has been more enjoyable than like an open mic oh it's like say. the opposite yeah like everyone at a skate park is like rooting for each other and like people like they do this thing with their board where they like slap it on the ground if somebody like does a trick like successfully like it's so supportive whereas at an open mic you're just like waiting for them to fail so it can be your turn you know wait so have you made new friends or just like his friends do you go alone like do you ever go by yourself or is it always I, with him there was a period when I was first learning that I was going to like like this was still during the pandemic I would go to like my high school tennis court and just like roll around by myself and try to learn and what, there was one time where I did this and a literal like 15 year old boy showed up to do the exact same thing as me and I really just felt like like a pedophile like lurking trying to like score some some high school skater boy it was so embarrassing um well, I tried to be a skater because I really loved um, Viva La Bam. So in college, I bought a Bam Merger skateboard. I tried through the forest preserves and then I went to the skate park and I tried to go down a ramp, fell like landed on my face, like not my hands, like my and then I just picked up my That's board. And the I story, according down. to my boyfriend, of a lot of people who try skating and like. I guess I just <laughs> didn't have a hard enough fall in the very beginning to discourage me. But I've taken I mean, 
falling as an adult is so traumatic. Like, have you fallen as an adult recently? It's interesting you bring it up. I've actually had a really big problem with falling. And then the past year, I've fallen out like five, six times. Four, <laughs> like, yeah, like my um, really? left ankle will give out and just roll. And then I will slam on my right knee. And my knee has had so much pain. It's And the pain started in like the winter and I couldn't really work out anymore. And it's kind of um, escalated into a real issue. And just a few weeks ago, I was at Montreal with some people walking and uh, they, I fell in a way where they all went, you could tell you've fallen before. And it was the most graceful fall. It's like, I, I feel my ankle give out. I know it's about to go. And I just like, I've been falling. It sucks. So you have like an I guess, but the issue. knee is what really has all this pain. But yeah, my body just like gives out and I fall to the ground in really painful ways. And then the first one though was at a pool. That was the, like, I slipped on a deck at a hotel pool. So that was, like, different. And then I fell off a stage dancing. And then a couple times walking. And then there was one other fall that was, like, more interesting. But I can't recall. Okay, so then you're very familiar with the Sadly, world of falling. Sadly, I am, yeah. I've been falling. Oh, my God. I kind of love that. <laughs> I mean, I've been falling, too. I mean, I kind of, like... The first time I fell when I was learning, I thought I, I had paralyzed myself because if you haven't fallen in a long time, it's like your whole, you go into shock. Like I had the wind knocked out of me and I was sure I'd like broken something, but then you get up and like, if you're fine, you like realize how amazing the human body is. And it's like so resilient, actually, if you're not used to falling, it just like, I don't know. It was like a little fun awakening for me. Like it was exciting then knowing I could just like fall and be okay for the most part. Um, but I did definitely fuck up my knee with one fall and it still hasn't healed properly. So That's I feel the thing. It like, I went to soul cycle and it was my hundredth class and I was like so excited for the attention and then I couldn't even enjoy it because I couldn't fully bike, but they kept being like, it's her hundredth class. And so everyone would look and want to clap, but I was sitting in excruciating pain, unable to really ride. And I haven't been back to soul cycle either through that. This is tragic. It is tragic. So but sorry. with the thing of like starting something that mostly children do, it does teach us like it's like we're discouraged to try new things when it like should be the opposite. We should always be doing things. For sure. And like when I first started talking to him, I had that same feeling of like, oh my God, adult skater. Like I was like, I can't date an adult skater. But then the more I talked to him and saw like his, he has so many adult skater friends and like, it makes sense to keep doing the thing you've been doing that you love since you were a kid. I don't see any reason to stop just because you're aging, you know? And then for just getting into it as an adult, I think that's definitely way more embarrassing than continuing to do it. Well, that, but that's my point. Why is it embarrassing? Like, it's kind of cool to be like, you know what? I want, I want to learn this. It shouldn't be embarrassing. There's like there's communities of adults. You can find them on Instagram who are like specifically are like where adults getting into skating. And I, even that, I'm like, I'm not going to join your fucking group. But it's like, I, yeah, I don't know why there's shame involved. And it's just such an actually fun activity that there's for this specific thing, there should be no shame because anyone who learns how to do it even a little bit will be like, oh, this is one of the most fun things I've ever done. Now, when do you think you'll be able to skate on the streets? Uh, probably never. Um, I, I mean, I already have like, I do it a lot less than I was like my enthusiasm for it sort of waned after like taking that really bad fall on my knee and realizing how many more of those I'll have to take to get actually like 
good you know what I mean like right now I'm at the level where I can skate around a skate park and I can like kick turn on like on like ramps and things like that but to do the things that look really cool would take so much risk and like so much time that I'm like maybe it's I don't know I don't want to say it's too late but it's it's a very discouraging factor of knowing how much pain I might have to risk and it's like also I have to like I have to be on stage you know I can't like break my I can't like even just like fracturing or rolling an ankle would be so annoying to deal with as you know yeah (laughs) yeah I know are you drinking wine what are you drinking no this is a little bit of coffee actually okay cute now it's it's also a drug um (laughs) hold on though um you're out there skating but chilling out it reminded me kind of of comedy my newest pet peeve is when people after shows will come up to me and go don't give up you don't you got to stay with it keep at it and I'm like you know this has taken me 13 years <laughs> like, That's the worst. to get into this room on the Friday night tonight has taken me this like why would I stop now but it's like people don't even fucking get it how long it takes I think skateboarding is like comedy where it looks effortless when you're good at it but these people don't realize like no it's taken decades <laughs> it's taken over a decade 100% they're like niche enough activities where like why would an average person ever think about what it takes to get into it because because yeah, it looks easy. And like most people have not tried it themselves for a, a sustained period of time. So yeah, it's, I mean, people should just not talk to comedians ever. I don't think. No, they just say crazy ass shit. Yeah. Uh, but like, don't give up to me. It's like, and do what? Here's my, and what else would I be doing? Like, this is my job. Or I had one friend, but he's always shady to me, but he was just like, Oh, are you getting paid? And it's like, for my job, yeah, I am getting paid. You psychopath. What I like to do now is go on stage and say I'm at work right now, and just so people know, like they're having fun. I'm at work. Like there, it's it's something. Um, but do you have fun on stage? I just started having fun. Um, it didn't. Oh my god, that's nuts. <laughs> what do you mean? It didn't occur to me that people did this to have fun. Like for me, it was something that I had to do because I would have lost my mind if I didn't like I got into this very I don't know how you got into it but it was a big misunderstanding me getting into this like it was an accident I literally tried out for a contest and I won and it just like triggered something in my brain and I kept doing it it's never something I wanted to do something I'll probably stop doing like it's just it's just it's not like my personality to like want attention or like be on stage just like not me um what do you mean you're already planning on stopping planning on it but I I just I feel like I got what I need I hate when stand-ups say it's therapy for me but I feel like I'm allowed to say it because I grew up you know the fucking Muslim house where I could not say what I wanted to say or like act in the way was that was natural to me and then I discovered stand-up and it was like the first time I could actually meaningfully communicate with people I'm not like even exaggerating like if you talk to people who knew me before that I was like even quieter than I am now. And so I just had to do it. And then it was like really healing for me and made me learn how to talk to people and how to like learn that I had thoughts that were, you know, valid. And so I already got that out of it. Like that like changed my life very meaningfully. And now it's like, it's like more punishing than it is rewarding. I don't know if you feel that way. I don't know. 
No, it's my dream life. I feel true joy. <laughs> it's like, I truly have so much fun. I can't imagine ever stopping. And sometimes I'll forget to even grab my check because I forget That's that beautiful. I get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause sometimes like a lot of people, someone you open for, I would say is guilty of this is very like new jokes, new jokes. I need new jokes. We got to get rid of the jokes. I got, we got to write new jokes, but it's like, I love telling some of my jokes where like when I get to tell, like I still enjoy the reaction I get at the points I do where like, I really have fun saying certain jokes where I'm like, I don't want to stop I, saying these jokes. <laughs> like, no, I love that. I and like, so the thing is I just reached that point. So maybe I'm wrong. I will have this awakening I think it's also because I haven't put out anything I like all my material is still in me and it's like I I need to put it out just to like know like where I stand if that makes sense like well you've had some tv sets the Conan set a few years ago and then I did a comedy central digital so just like yeah two five minute things yeah and we're going to get into it because also for someone that's like I don't know I kind of want to stop you did go through a very traumatic fucked up experience so the fact that yeah we're teasing it but so the fact that that didn't make you stop must kind of show you that you enjoy it I mean that I wouldn't have even if I wanted to stop because of that I couldn't let them win you know I would never have done that but I mean when I say I want to stop I'm sure I won't stop and you know if anyone's listening book me obviously um but I just mean like <laughs> I grow more weary of it as time goes on and like if I could and also it's not the only thing I want to do like I was a writer I started out writing and I love writing so it would also make me happy to like find a path and just like writing consistently and I could envision a future where I'm doing more writing than performing on stage is kind of what I meant but I'm sure I won't stop doing it no because you're good so at first yeah. it was like what's the miss so you won this contest where was this contest what was it it was the New Jersey Comedy Festival at Rutgers where I went for school. Um, and I didn't even want to go to that school. So it was all extremely bizarre and fateful. Like if I just had gone to the school I wanted to go to, I'm sure I would not be doing this today. Where did you want to go? Anywhere. I just wanted to get away from my family. You know, I wanted to get out of the state. And I was told I'm not allowed to do that. And also I get, I got a scholarship to Rutgers and we didn't have money. So it just kind of like all of these elements were like, I just have to go here. Um, and then my junior year, there was this thing called the New Jersey Comedy Festival where they just like went around to colleges and anybody could audition. And there was like this big final contest with all the finalists. And I still don't know what made me do it. Cause like I said, I never wanted to do it or thought about doing it. And one friend who I thought was funny and like kind of had a crush on, I guess, and he was doing it. And so that was probably part of the reason why I was like, okay, I'll write five minutes of jokes with you. Um, and then, yeah, I, I won. And like, like I said, it just, it was that delusion of like, oh, I'm a prodigy. I'm gonna <laughs> get so much money so fast. Obviously not the case. I won a thousand dollars and I say this all the time, but it was the most money I made in stand up for the next decade, you know? And so, uh, so that's how this happened. So with your upbringing, are you resentful of your upbringing? Is it part of you? Like, are, do you get along with your parents? Uh, yes and no. I mean, resentful 100%. Um, but I mean, my mom, she's like a different person now. It's hard to talk negatively about her because she was not good when I was growing up, but she's just a different person. It's like talking about two different people. Like, I think when I moved out, 
she realized she would have to like change her ways in order to keep me in her life, you know? So, um, she's like more chill now. Like when I was growing up, it would have been, I mean, it would have been insane for me to be like, I'm dating a white guy and here he is like, that would have been like a ticket to Egypt, you know, but now she like knows him and like, it's so, uh, so also I should say, I don't really know my mom. Like we, none of us really know each other. We didn't really communicate in a meaningful way, which is like I said, why I like stand up so much. Like I had to be a different person at home. Cause if I was myself, I just would have been in trouble. Um, and so I don't really know a lot about her. Like, I don't even really know where she's from. Like, I don't, I don't know anything about her family. It's like really weird. So it's weird to watch her now interact with my boyfriend. Cause like, he doesn't have any beef with her. And so he'll just ask her questions I've never thought to ask like saw him ask her what kind of music do you listen to in my head I was like music she she doesn't listen to music she's a bitch you know like so it's fun now to like what did she say I think she, I think he was asking her about like French music in like the 60s because she I think pretty sure she spent a lot of time in France I think she was born there um and so I don't I don't really I wasn't really I don't I wasn't really listening who cares what you know um (laughs) but yeah to answer your question uh my dad I don't really talk to that much he gets upset when I don't pick up his calls um and my brother uh he was you know just treated differently because he was a guy and so he didn't understand what I was going through so like we don't really understand each other either damn and is everyone still devout uh well like I said I mean they are they are in terms of like they believe and and stuff like that but like I said if they were devout devout then my mom wouldn't like be accepting of you know my choices but she is and so it's confusing I don't know I guess she's like religious in the way that you know Jews are Jewish but like not really practicing you know are your parents together no um yeah they they split when I was like six and then she married my stepdad which was my very first confrontation in life that I remember no wait I'm interested and is that so everyone's Muslim your dad your stepdad everyone kind of is and isn't divorce kind of taboo um I don't know if it's taboo it's allowed but um it's like different there's different rules for it it's like sexist obviously so like I don't really know exactly all the rules but it's like it's allowed and fine but like you know I'm sure the woman has less rights in some way yeah did your dad remarry as well no but he had a family before so like I have like a half sister who I also don't really know like yeah Wait, so what was this confrontation with your stepfather? So we lived in a two-bedroom apartment, and so my brother got to have the other bedroom to himself. So I didn't have a room for a long time. I had a part of the living room that was sectioned off by these, like, dividers we got at a flea market. So I just had, like, my area. And uh, I came home one day, and my stepdad was in my fucking area and, like, like, you know, just, like, snooping around or whatever. And I yelled at him. I was like six years old. And I'm just like, what are you doing? This is my space. And I remember him going, you're not allowed to talk to me that way. And we never talked after that. It was silence in the house. Yeah, no, like I've never talked to him since then. Six years old. (laughs) Whoa. So what was dinner like? We never had dinner together. We always just had like TV trays and went to our own areas. And did he try to talk to you again? No, it's really my fault. I should have been the bigger person, you know. 
Yeah, at six. <laughs> <laughs> and is she still with him? Um, they're in the process of splitting up now, which is just like they should have done that years and years and years ago. It's funny. She's like, well, I didn't want to do it but then because I didn't want you and your brother to have to go through that. Like, well, you should have fucking asked us because we would have told you we don't give a shit, you know? Yeah, this loose guy. Who? What do you guys give a shit about? Like, no. if it's your dad, there's prop, but like some guy, yeah, get rid of him. Yeah, I would have been like, yeah, we haven't spoken in six years. What are you talking about? Did he speak to your brother? I cannot believe you were in a house with someone not speaking for that long. <laughs> it's psycho, right? This is why I'm saying stand up was this like big, like fucking thing of like, oh, people can talk to each other. I can talk to people. Um, well, and not only that, people have to sit and listen to you. They, they can't even t- say anything back to you, which best. is amazing. It's the best. And you're known as for kind of like, uh, you know, dark humor, some spicy jokes. Like, does that cut, like, was that always in you? Um, I think so. I mean, burning to get out, I guess. Like, I mean, I always liked, like, I don't know. I grew up watching like the Simpsons and South Park and stuff like that. So maybe that shaped my sense of humor in some way, but I have to assume it's somewhat natural. Cause like, I don't really know. It's just what I think is funny. Like, I guess because of the way I grew up, it's probably informed that. I don't know. I This is like so wild to me. I like can't imagine not talking to someone around me for six years. I mean, since longer than that. It's why I have problems with like communicating and like relationships now. It's like I just never learned how to like talk to people and like express my feelings you know so I always sorted things out in my own head like that was the space to have confrontations I would like talk to them in my head you know so I know yeah one time a therapist asked me like um who did you talk to about problems when you were little and I was like oh nobody like no one knew if I had a bad day or what happened at school or with this like I didn't talk to your family or your friends no, because I bet the friends were causing the problems, but like, yeah, I didn't talk to anyone in my home. Like, I wasn't sitting at dinner with my family being like, oh, and blah, 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 chat, chat, chats. Like, that was definitely not. Okay. A thing. So then it's like somewhat normal, or maybe we're both freaks. I don't know. I- well, we have, I had like a language, like my parents are from the Soviet Union, so it is like two different worlds, right? You're like, you don't know, but also they're very, um, they say like people that are descendants from people that like survived horrific things like there is a divide because for them it's like well you're living look at your life this is amazing and so it's like more of parenting and showing love through survival and things and food and look at all this versus like they didn't have the skills to emotionally talk and so I grew up in a place where I didn't have to worry about all the shit that they did so to me I wish I had more emotions or loving things but that wasn't the vibe I knew I was loved but it wasn't um like to me even like during the pandemic I cried on the phone with my parents so I was terrified I didn't have any money you know like shit was like wild and um, my dad was like, never cry. Don't ever cry. You'll never cry. And it's like, you're so outdated and stupid. Like, what do you mean? I'm crying. <laughs> what do you mean? Stop crying. I think that, I mean, this is a similar story for a lot of people with immigrant parents. I think it's like, yeah, everything you were saying. And I had that too, very much of like, I realized it's all for immigrant parents. It's more about worrying about what you do rather than how you feel. It's like, you're going to go to school. Here's who you're going to marry. Here's what you're going to do. But it's never about like how you feel your happiness you know yeah because that wasn't it but my parents were older so I had a little perspective and I 
got to do what I wanted outside the home. Like I had no rules. I mean, look, I'm like covered in tattoos. They hate that, but they let me be who I am. But yeah, I, I also didn't know how to communicate with roommates, relationships, friends, because I never had the foundation. Exactly. Yeah. Same. So, so when you're dating people, are they often like, what are you thinking about? What? Tell me what's wrong. And you're like, nothing. Yeah. I love the cold shoulder. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, like partially because I because I feel vengeful in those moments like I feel like they have I have like a I have like a very generous definition of betrayal and so if I feel somebody has betrayed me I just shut off and I get so frustrated probably because I like you know my dad left and like was never around and I that like that was the ultimate betrayal and so if a guy does anything similar in like being inconsiderate or not caring about my feelings in some way that I've perceived even if it's true or not I like get very cold and then I don't want to I need time to like process my own feelings part of it is like I also want to know are my feelings valid like I don't want to sound whiny or needy like let me first decide internally if it's even worth saying out loud and so I like to like shove off and then ultimately I will do my best to explain and that's like progress just like right now like being able to communicate my problems with my current boyfriend it's like the most progress so far whereas in the past I would not even be able to verbalize I would write down how I felt and like show them that because I didn't want to cry and like if I ever talked about my feelings I would just like cry immediately it's that same thing of growing up like I can't cry you know Damn, and you've been together for a while with this person. Uh, almost two years. And what is his communication style or argument style or whatever conflict? He's extremely open and honest, and that's why it was easier for me to be that way because, like, he set the vibe of, like, whatever you are thinking or want to say or feel is, like, okay. So that was extremely helpful, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I, it's funny because there was a moment, I don't know how many months in, but I was like, we haven't argued like he doesn't complain about anything like I guess I'm just a perfect partner like he just he just loves me so much and nothing's wrong and nothing's ever going to be wrong and then I was like wait no, no no he's holding in everything it must just be that he's holding in stuff he's got to have some complaints and I basically asked him or like something happened that prompted me to be like what's going on and then like then he like mentioned like a few things that had been bothering him about me or about whatever was going on. And so that made me realize he's also has a little bit of that. Like he's got like anger under the surface that I have to like consciously remember is there and have to ask about. Damn. Okay. So you guys are working well together. Yeah. I think he's the best. I don't know. Did you have friends? Were you a teacher's pet? Good grades? After school activities? Um, yeah, I always got good grades. I, I loved positive feedback. And that's also probably why I love stand up just the immediate gratification of like, I did a good job, you know? Um, I loved getting, I loved like turning in a paper and then like, I literally got giddy waiting to get my grade back. So I, I, I knew it was good and it usually was good. So yeah, I was a fucking nerd. Um, and hobbies, I, I was always like reading. I just loved reading. And then I got into like painting and drawing. And the one really good thing my mom did was always made sure like any like creative things I was interested in, she would find a way to pay for. Like, I mean, she racked up so much credit card debt, which I didn't understand until I was older. Like our whole lives were put on a fucking credit card. So like I got like a flute and like a guitar and a keyboard and stuff like that because I wanted to learn those things. And in retrospect, like that 
was not affordable for her. So um, I'm grateful for that. So basically a lot of stuff I could do alone in my room is what I gravitated toward because I was not often able to get out. I thought she was being generous in a way, but it's like, oh, she's trying to keep me at home and just giving me the stuff that I need to be there. Damn. So see, I'm like such a loud chatty person, even though we both had like certain, I guess, repressed communication issues in our home. But what are the misconceptions of being a quiet person or being in your head or not being like so in your face? That is wrong. Because I bet people like you're obviously thinking about shit, but I don't understand the life of a quiet person misconceptions like do you see people kind of ignoring you and you're like I'm here like what is life yeah, as a well, more I always viewed human? myself as invisible like I, th there's a moment at a I was at the stress factory the club I started at and this guy who I would end up dating we were like him and I and like a couple other comics were talking and I think someone was like why haven't you said anything to me which I hate by the way it's not a good thing to say to a quiet person it's like why are you talking it's it's the worst question um but somebody said that and then the guy who I ended up dating was like she thinks she's invisible and like the way he said like he just like nailed this feeling where like I just assume nobody sees me or cares about me and so why should I sort of talk I don't know it's it's I guess it's hard to explain but um yeah I don't it's funny because I don't view myself as quiet I just know other people say that to me and so I guess that's what I am but uh it's more so like I don't think my thoughts are going to be are going to add anything positive because I have a lot of neg I'm very judgmental and like I just have negative views on a lot of things or like not negative but I just I like to talk about reality and I want to say things that I think are real and I try not to lie because I spent so much time lying in my life like because of my parents I had to lie all the time and so I it's like often the choice between silence or like lying and so I choose silence if that makes sense hmm but is like your boyfriend or the people you choose to keep around they want to hear the dark judgmental stuff or you're also kind of quiet around them no with people I love and who are my friends I'm not quiet at all it's I'm just talking to them the way I'm talking now but if it's like I guess it's like uh, with strangers or people I don't know very well I don't know if my thoughts are safe with them if that makes sense mm -hmm. like I, I don't know how they'll react or I'm worried I'll say something that's like wrong in some way like when I was growing up I always assumed that everyone around me knew something that I didn't about like I, I just wondered what they were talking about I couldn't really understand what people we're talking about like maybe because my mom was always like you're not she like actively was like you're not like them you're not an American you're different and like that's a horrible thing to say to a kid because all you want to do is fit in and feel normal but I always felt abnormal probably because of that and so I felt like there was some secret people had that I didn't if I said something I would reveal that like I'm an alien you know I don't know Damn. But when that guy said that you think you're invisible, were you, you didn't seem insulted. You seemed like someone finally kind of saw you. Yeah. I felt seen by him saying I am invisible. I was like, oh my God, totally. And I think he also had some of that in him possibly. I mean, he was pretty extroverted, but I don't know. Well, there was a reason we dated anyway. So we definitely had things in common, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a profound moment. Yeah, so you don't see yourself as quiet. It's like what people put upon you. Yeah, it's funny because even when I when I see personal progress relative to like my past, I'm like, oh my god, I'm being I'm being a fucking extrovert right now. And then someone's like, hey, you haven't said much, and I'm like, why? But you didn't know before. Like it's so unfair. 
um, I don't know. I guess like I just I also just like listening. I'm interested in what pe people have to say. I've always been a good listener. People always bring their problems to me. And so I don't I don't know. I guess I'm used to keeping things pent up in my head and like sorting them out there, which I think is why I like like writing and like stand up. It's like a, a rehearsed thing that I've done in my head that I then get to say out loud, you know? Absolutely. This is all yeah. foreign to you. I mean, I, I, I yearn to be as free as like you and just like say, say things, you know? Yeah. But I get in a lot of trouble. I'm sure you have less conflict in your life all the time or people are mad or like, you know, having to walk into a room and be like, Oh God, there's three people I've gotten into fights with. I hate this person. I shouldn't have said that. Or like you probably don't spend nights thinking about like, fuck, should I have said that? Oh, I have to squash that. I should text an apology here. You know, there's definitely drawbacks to not thinking before. You I guess speak. there is a trade off for sure, but it seems more fun your way. It seems so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not thinking about it, but you're not thinking about like, but you are. So what are the, what are the things you're most judgmental about that you see on the world? Your big pet peeves of people that you're disgusted by. <sighs> I mean, uh, I guess currently with the current climate of everything, I feel a lot of hypocrisy where it's like very in vogue to be uh, on a, on like moral high ground. I feel like everyone thinks they're on some sort of moral high ground. And I find myself biting my tongue a lot because I just want to be like, we've been pillaging the Middle East for 20 years and you never said anything. Like as an Arab person, maybe I feel, I feel triggered when people talk about like issues that, they're passionate about or like if they accuse somebody else of like being a bad person it's like no we're all bad people it just like I feel like everyone wants to talk about like race relations until you bring up the Middle East and then it's like taking the moral high ground out from under them it's like almost rude to bring up war now like it's just it, it annoys me because I don't know I feel like just because it's been going on, we're desensitized to it. We don't think about it as something worth talking about or like, I don't know. I just, I just, just wish more people would realize that they're damned, you know, like as an American, we're damned. Like we let our government get away with so many horrible things in the world and we don't really, we benefit from it, but we like to think that we're still like good. I don't know. But yeah. <sighs> No, I agree. When I travel and then you meet people and I met someone and he's like, well, your country bombed us and it exactly. doesn't exist anymore. So, and it's like, oh yeah, like we are um, yeah, the terrorists like, of the I, world. Truly pillaging and murdering countries, military everywhere, constantly imposing our shit onto people. And then we're like, yeah, we, we don't, we're not taught any of that. There's no guilt associated. It's what is it? The manifest destiny yeah, of all of it. It's just like, I love that you say that. Pretty gross. Like I, I, people don't, or like it's uncomfortable to even bring up. And like, so that's, that's a lot of, I'm keeping a lot of that in my head. Cause it's like, it also doesn't make sense to bring that up in a casual conversation. And like, I don't blame people necessarily because you have to go out and seek that information in order to know what's going on. I mean, obviously people knew about the wars in the Middle East, but like, I guess there's some sort of rationalization of like oh but it's for democracy or whatever right it's fine i don't have to think about that no and it's scary because we separate ourselves from so many different people and then just like recently didn't the like taliban gain power and Afghan and it's like in a day your life can change and that's happening here with like abortion rights being taken away like you don't actually know 
when everything's taken away, can be taken away from you. And we kind of assume like, oh, they're backwards or this and that. And they do this. And it's like, right. No, girls were wearing mini skirts. <laughs> Girl, like I like the, women were going to college in the 70s and it's like it all changed immediately. And we have like no care for the people that are being like. Yeah, and like it's it's tough to like deal with because also it's like what can you really do about these things like I understand why we block these things out because like we don't have that much power to like change those things we can't really vote against war you know it's like that's been taken away from us so I understand like I mean I think it's good to do things that we can do and like talk about issues and stuff but for me for me I guess I get annoyed when I see people being condescending about these issues that's what really bothers me yeah the condescending and I liked your idea of like what's good and I brought this up on the pod before but it's like you know nice white parents liberal white parents but it's like you pretend you care as long as the homeless people are not on your street as long as the poor kids aren't coming to your kids school like you're fine gentrifying a neighborhood buying other properties for your kids to go to a different school and yet in your head you are the liberal good person right like just be a piece of shit you know if that's what you want to be it's like fine we're all sort of a piece of shit and like it's not really in our control we just kind of are because this is where we live and we benefit from certain things so it's just like it's it's not that that bothers me it's like when people talk down to other people and tell them they're a piece of shit it's like where do you get off i don't know I do tell people they're pieces of shit, though. <laughs> Nobody loves that. I know I'm not perfect, but I don't know. So many of these dudes we deal with in comedy just really bother me all the time. Oh, yeah? Like, like which what, what behavior, just their general, like, success? But... Um, their lack, uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, things that personally do it or overall. Like, I hate when people think they're canceled but they're selling out so like if you make more money than me you can't say that you're canceled from some sort of thing you're doing the thing um I hate when people think they're edgy yet they're saying things that have been like hateful things that have actually been going on forever but they think they're like too edgy for the world that stuff bothers me I think the um excusing okay like we were just I okay this is a good example I was with some comics I like them all and we were talking about warm-up comics that have to like warm up for sitcoms it's like a six-hour job like you really have to like do so much stuff and I guess back in the day there's like a fun hacky joke where you like you ask someone to kiss them on the cheek and then you turn around and they kiss you on the lips and this guy this person ended up suing this giant network and getting a huge settlement and this dude was like that's oh come on I go you cannot kiss people without their consent he goes but oh the money this oh is damaged I go are you fucking kidding me I go you cannot kiss or touch anyone without their consent ever I don't understand how this is questionable to you that what this person did was wrong no matter how lighthearted or if this was 20 years ago and that was more accepted I'm like and and it's like I had to truly like get stern to be like that is fucked up. He deserved to get sued. The network deserved to get sued. You can't kiss yeah. people. And he didn't understand it. And that person still has a job. He's still working. I'm sure. It's not like it was a criminal thing, but it's like also at work. Yeah, you can't touch people. You can't kiss people. Like my friend works in higher ed and, you know, they had to have a big meeting about what you can and can't do. And one of the professors was like, what do you mean? I can't hug my students anymore. And they're like, 
Yeah, correct. Yeah. Please stop hugging your students. That would be fantastic. Well, I know that there's someone in our business who actually doesn't have this job anymore because of his behavior, but he walked to me. Everyone knows my stance. Like that is the thing about being a loud person is like, there's no gray area with what I think, whether I'm wrong or not, or, you know, whatever it is. And this guy professionally came up to me and went to hug me. And I went like this. I didn't want to hug him. Like I pushed my hands back and he squeezed me anyways and goes, Oh, do you not want to hug? I don't care. And squeezed me harder. And to me, it's like, I have big tits. Like, I don't want my tits pressed against you. Yeah. And I don't like this. Oh, 100%. And I couldn't believe it. So it was just a hug. Like, I'm not here to be like, ah, we got to fuck hug. But to me, it's like, I made it clear I do not want to be hugged by you. And you squeezed me harder. Yeah. And it's like, that's strange to me. And it is just a hug. But it's like. I don't like it. and Or um, a big thing in New York comedy, I feel, is like a lot of ki cheek mm. kissing. And I hate yeah. it. And when you tell someone, I don't want to be kissed on my cheek, they get so mad. That's weird. And it's like, why are you mad? I've had multiple fights with the dudes who start being like, oh, and this and that. And I'm like, why is this happening? I said, I don't want you kissing my cheek. I don't know how this is a That's fight. really bizarre. And that's not great at all. If you establish that you don't want to be touched, it's very easy to obey that request. So... No, this guy, I asked him and then um, about the cheek kissing and I saw him again and he did it again. And I had to be like, I've told you I don't like that. That's like a... And he kind of flipped that's out. It's like a weird power ego issue that's like, there's something fucked up. But he's a great guy. Everyone oh. loves him. So he was just like, oh, fine, then I won't even touch you and I won't even talk. Like he like got so mad at me and it was just like... I, I I don't understand. It's not like you even want to fuck me. Like, I don't get why you need to be doing my <sighs> And everyone loves him. He's a great guy, right? You know, so it's like, it's, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I don't think he needs to be punished for anything. But it was just like, it's annoying. And that's why these rules have to be made because of these situations where like people aren't listened to in their workplace or like, you know, things can be gray and then you're getting sued and someone does have nefarious, whatever it is. It's like because of people not listening or not have, being on the same standards of stuff, you have to implement this like hard it's line. It's really unfortunate that it has to come to that. Like, yeah, I don't know yes. why it's that hard for people to not touch people. I've never wanted to really touch most people. So... It is really hey, odd. Yeah. I mean, my only guess, and I'm not trying to like excuse him at all. It's obviously a bad thing that it's not gray at all. But like, if I would try to get into his mind, maybe, I mean, male comics, we know this are deeply insecure and fragile creatures. Maybe for him, it's like, oh, is it just me that can't kiss your cheek? Am I ugly? What's wrong with me? Like maybe like taking personal offense to that and not understanding it's just a matter of nothing. You're not like gross. It's just a physical space and comfort thing. That's my only guess. I, I have no idea, but I don't really know him that well. Oh, for sure. For sure. But yeah, it was like shocking to hear because he's like, great. And so it's like even these like great fun dudes. It's just like when you get sometimes the nitty gritty or these things where you do say no, it, it, it's always like you could tell the truth, uh, like who a man truly is when how he treats women. He doesn't want to fuck when he hears the word. No, like that's when kind right. of you right. see what's up in a person. Ugh. Yeah, this podcast always starts with like other themes and like conversations in mind. And then I always get to just like these men and how much they annoy me.
And I want that to not bother me. I'm always like trying to remove myself, hang out with people I like. And and then I'll just be like the guy that said the thing about like, oh, what should a sue? And I'm like, yes, someone has to learn. You can't just kiss people on the lips if they don't want to be kissed. Right. A precedent has to be established (laughs) in some way through. Yeah. It's just annoying because people think of things like that as an overreach, but it's like, well, what's the other way of doing it? Because it'll just keep happening, you know? Let's get to this, though. We've (laughs) chatted. So the reason I originally wanted to bring you on um, is because, and this is another thing, you know, everyone, did, did people, okay, you had a joke, Comedy Central put it out on a digital form, and... Then another comedian stoked the fire, I would say. I don't know yeah. if it would have blown up if it wasn't for that person. See, or I, I, I just talked to someone about this and I kind of sort of was like, well, I don't know. There's, I think it probably still would have got, been bad even if he hadn't done that. But this other comedian was like, no, he did it. And that's how these other outlets caught on to it. And if he hadn't, like, they seemed certain that it was because they posted. And I still don't know. Like, I don't know. But either way, what he did was shitty. So, yeah. And I remember when this was going down, there's this um, podcaster, Adam 22, no jumper. Do you know him? Not personal of him, <laughs> oh, but yeah. And he was like tweeting and writing shit about your joke about this rapper and how it was fucked up. And then like the next week he was like, I love Tony Hinchcliffe. He's so fucking funny. And my goal in life is to have him on this or like to find him. And I want to confront him about this because I just don't understand how within like a week or two you get demonized for a joke about a rapper. And then the next week he posts about this guy who... Tony does horrific jokes, you know, like that's his thing. He likes to push the push the envelope and do really fucked up jokes. He did jokes about Kobe when he died. And you have this person that demonized you being like, I fucking love him. And it was it's kind of like the Kathy Griffin of it all, where these guys cry out like, oh, we can't say anything. And then I felt like as soon as Kathy Griffin did, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Did you find the support of comedians or did you feel like you were not as supported? No, most comedians were so supportive in a way that I was like really touched and grateful for it. Cause like, I really, that first day, I really felt like I was drowning. Like it's like such a horrible feeling. And I, I feel like it should be illegal, like doxing or mob attacking anyone online. I don't care what they said or did. It's like not, it's just so dangerous and shouldn't be done. It shouldn't be allowed. But of course, like, you know, it generates all these, all these clicks. It'll never be illegal anyway. Um, I got so much support. I was trying not to look at social, but like I had to also just because I wanted to know. I had to keep checking what threats seemed like real or not. Like it was just weird, weird sorting through posts. And most comedians were just like totally on my side. Like there was a weird moment of bringing together comedians who normally would like would hate each other, but like they agreed that like it it was fucked up what was happening to me. So that was like kind of sweet. there were I'll never forget the names of the comedians who I did see a negative post from. I won't say their names, but like there's all there's always going to be some some resentment toward them because even if so, it was more than just that one guy. So a few people took the side of that joke was too far or something. Um, I remember specifically one comic who just tweeted something like, "I didn't like the joke, but also censorship is bad." It's like 
fine, but like, why do you, I mean, you know me, like, why do you have to even weigh in something negative when I, like, I'm going through this horrible thing? Like, just, just don't weigh in if that's how you feel, you know? Um, but no, for the most part, other than like one fucking tweet, I remember, uh, most people were just saying really positive things and defending me and people were calling me who I'd never spoken to a bunch of comedians, like found my number. I had to change my number, but they like tracked it down from people who I gave it to and like called me and was just being super supportive. I just never expected that people would like care that much. So it was, it was really nice in a way, despite how horrible the rest of it was. Yeah. So what happened? So you're probably excited. Comedy Central's posting a clip of your stand up like and then how quickly did it shift? Almost immediately. Uh, like they, I didn't even know they were posting it. Someone else sent it to me like uh, shortly after they posted oh, okay. it. They didn't tell me they were posting it. So you didn't even care. No. It wasn't even like, oh, I can't wait for the world to see this clip. You were just like, OK, uh-huh. clips going up, whatever. And uh, I got one like I was watching it as you do to see, you know, if the people are gonna, you know, whatever, share or whatever. And I got one, a couple replies that were just from strangers being like, that's fucked up. And then like a few more came in and I was like, I think this might be a problem. I called my manager and I was like, I think something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> and then it was when that comic posted on Instagram that I was like, okay, some it's like, this is not good now. And then a bigger, way bigger outlet on Instagram posted it. So like a really big account. And then it was just, it's just all started flooding. And so within like the space of like half an hour, I would say. Um, Whoa. Yeah. And then it was like the debate of like, should I get it removed? At first I was like, I found it funny. I thought it was just going to like blow over pretty quickly. I was like, I even posted on Instagram about it, something like snarky, which I shouldn't have done because it just stoked the flames more. It was just because a lot of people were calling me like, they saw it as like, I think people viewed it as like this like white girl, like punching down. And so like, I just posted like, hey, by the way, like everyone calling me a white cunt, I'm Arab if you want to change your slurs. And like, I said something about the rapper also like, I was so naive. I was, I, I thought people didn't know that this guy like had done bad things which I didn't know either. I don't know anything about the guy, but like my friends were like doing intel on like, who is this person who has this cult who like wants to kill me now? Cause I didn't know anything about the rapper except for the way he died. And then uh, it was surfacing that like, he was actually like kind of a bad person, which doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean like he should die obviously. Like, but I thought if I used that in my post to be like, hey, did you guys know that like he's also not an angel? So like, why are you getting so mad about this joke? And of course, that just made everything worse because his fan base knows literally every detail about his life already and like had already personally excused or like whatever behavior he's done. They're just like, well, he didn't really do that or like he's still like the best person or whatever. So I just made everything worse with that post and people reported it anyway and it got removed. Um, and then... Uh, and then uh, what was the next thing? I guess getting doxxed was the next thing. Like someone posted an address and phone number online. And that's when I was like, okay, I don't want any, I don't, it's just. So then how, so you're getting doxxed. Then do you call your family? So, do you have to move? Are you like, like what goes through your head? The rumors were that like Viacom did hire you like security and really took care of the situation. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that was know. the one good thing they did. I mean, obviously it was also just to legally cover their asses was to give me security for a little bit. So there was just like a car like on my street for like a week or so, just like, just in case. So 
so they did that, but they would not like publicly comment on it or like, you know, defend me or anything like that, which people had different views on. Like at the time I was like, well, whatever makes this go away faster. Maybe if they don't comment, that'll make people less upset and this will go away faster. But then other comics were like, uh, they're just like covering for themselves and letting you take the heat. Like they should be posting something. I was not in like a headspace to like really deal with a lot. I just wanted it all to go away. It really felt like an out of body experience. Like I had to fucking go to the police. My next step was going to the police station because I was advised to like tell the cops about the threats I was getting. And of course I was surprised they didn't give a shit or did could do anything really and so uh i told my brother was the one i told at first because i just didn't want to tell my mom because like she the way she's like so fucking afraid of everything and anxious i didn't want her to have like a heart attack so we're trying to hide it from her but ultimately we did end up having to tell her um and she actually yeah it was it was not easy on her and like that's when my brother was like you need to get it removed just because of my mom's sake. Like I would have liked to keep the post up, but it's like not worth my mom having a fucking heart attack just to like, you know, give the finger to these people or just like, you know, not apologize or whatever. It's, it was really about that. It's like, I have to get this down because this is now having an impact on someone in my life. And so I put out another post that I phrased very carefully. It was three sentences and I wrote it very carefully so that it wasn't an apology. It was just three statements of fact, which were like, I don't set out to hurt anyone's feelings when I write a joke. Uh, a dark comedy is a way that me and a lot of people deal with difficult things in life. The post has been removed. So just three statements of fact, not apologizing or anything. So that was my way of sort of like taking it down in my own way where I could still like, you know, feel good about it. But of course, outlets don't give a shit. I just saw articles like comedian apologizes for a joke. I'm like, God damn it. I specifically didn't apologize. Because um, you're not sorry. Well, no, because it was just a joke, obviously. And because I didn't mean any harm and it's, like the joke is not even really offensive I don't think no it's really funny I mean funny or not it's just like it was like not, it was a throwaway bit which is why I did it on that show because like you know you're just getting a paycheck essentially for a joke and so just a bit that I didn't care about so I just yeah like no I'm not like sorry it's just yeah, it's just bizarre that it you know, people were twisting it to something it wasn't you know they were like were saying it's like they turn and it's what we're talking about with like these arguments and like in good faith and like that sometimes it's just that people won't admit the basic stuff and i feel like this is a situation where all a lot of the people that were angry with you are also the same people that would defend so many people being able to speak freely of course it was like such a particular with that adam 22 you know it was just this thing of like Bro, you would be fucking defending any other comic. Like, this is so twisted. For sure. It's, it's like what I said. It's like it only met people only care about things that happen close to them. So because it was somebody that either they liked or were friends with, it was then viewed that I did something unforgivable. But if it was someone else joking about like Miley Cyrus dying or something, the thing with that joke is that you can replace the name of the celebrity and the joke works the same. And that's how you know it's not really about that guy. Because if I, if I, if it was Miley Cyrus and that joke, the joke works the same. And so it, it's not about who it is well then i would be pissed <laughs> then i would be doxing exactly your ass. <laughs> and so 
that was really it. Just like people like that guy and anyone who says anything bad about that guy just ends up getting like mobbed online. That's what I realized afterward. Like Pitchfork got in trouble for just writing an article, like outlining the various thing, bad things he's done. And the mob, they, that site got mobbed. So it's like, it's just less so about like me or the joke. It's just the fact that anyone attacks him. That's like, that's the aftermath. But like, you're right. And that like that guy or anyone who got angry, like it wasn't about like yeah it's the rules change depending on how you feel about what the situation is right nobody operates like logically like it's it's just feelings the way people react to things and how long did the threats and messages and all of that like go on um definitely a year but like the oh my god I didn't know that Oh, for sure. Like, I still have a collection of screenshots on my phone of, like, horrible things people were saying, partly because some of them I thought were funny, but also just because, I don't know, I just wanted a record of threats just in case of anything. Um, Yeah, like, the brunt of it, like, the worst part of it was, like, probably, like, six months. And then it started, like, slowly waning. And then it's funny because I know I was still getting them when the pandemic started because people started changing their their insults it was like i hope you die of covid (laughs) so like that's how i know it persisted into that um so yeah it was just just a weird time to have an inbox uh my my socials like broke almost immediately like it couldn't handle the volume of messages Jeez. and what were your internal feelings during it was it just fear or was it more complicated than that Um, it went back and forth for sure. Like I was all over the place. It switched between like fear and like anger and frustration and then thinking it's like funny, like all those feelings were happening. The most frustrating part about it is not being able to speak for yourself because there's no way to argue with a troll or like somebody who's in that mental state because their goal isn't to achieve understanding or communication. Their goal is to like, um, hurt you. And so it's not about like understanding why I told the joke, what the joke's about, how I actually feel, who I actually am. Like I even DM'd some people like, hey, do you want to talk about this? Like, of course they didn't answer because it's not about that. It's about presenting an image of like being a good person online or like, or just about like trolling. A lot of them were just like trolling. There are a lot of young kids doing it. Like this guy's fan base were like teenagers. And so part of it for them was just like, having fun at my expense which like I understood like that's what kids do it was the adults who were getting pissed and like posting things that really bothered me because they I know they knew better like either they were feigning like moral high ground or they just should know better in terms of like being mad at a fucking comedian over a joke um yeah one of the things that I remember really bothering me during all this was then that comic who did kind of like make it a bigger deal than it should have been he that after I think people tried to tell him like everything that was called, he was like, oh, man, I mean, really? I didn't know. And it's like, what? And this happened again recently with someone else where then um, a girl got like fucked over on the Internet. And the guy was like, I had no idea that this would happen. And it's like, but women tell you it happens. We talk about it all the time that it happens. So that's what I hated, too, when then he, like, pretended like he didn't know this was going to happen. Well, in his case, I can definitively say that's bullshit because I DM'd him pretty quickly to say 
just first of all, call him on his bullshit. Like, hey, why didn't you just DM me or Comedy Central directly if you thought the joke was so offensive that it should be removed? Why did you feel the need to post publicly about it? Obviously, it's just to present yourself in a certain fashion to other people and, and you know, pretend you have some sort of moral high ground. You didn't actually care about the joke or you would have just reached out, you know? Like, he has a direct line to Comedy Central. He did a show with them or whatever. I'm a comedian. Like, we should be able to talk about these things. So I knew it wasn't really about that. And then when I started getting the death threats, I also told him that and said, hey, just so you know, now I'm getting death threats and shit like that. And his position was just like, well, I'm leaving the post up because that's not my fault. So he was very aware. And that's what's so fucked. It's like because in a second, I'm sure in a different scenario, it's like comics got to stick together, man. I could totally see this person like saying that in a different realm so you messaged and said i'm getting death threats and for sure he was like i don't care oh i, I have know. i have the receipts i have those screenshots 100 for sure and he was just like i don't care pretty much yeah damn well because <laughs> yeah i like it's weird because when i see him like i'll hug him but i don't like i in my back of my head i'm like i don't like you yeah don't hug him <laughs> at first I wasn't and then I've only seen him a few times and it is like yeah I'm gonna confront him next time then <laughs> no I'm, I'm kidding it's like not worth it at this point well no like... because it's this maturity because I'm my own personal journey is like not everyone has to be your best friend or your enemy. Some people exist. They can exist in this context as a colleague. You don't have to get into blah, blah, blah. And like, because I hate so many people and I'm always in fights and like <laughs> always causing all this drama. And I really want to focus on just like, it doesn't even matter. This doesn't matter. Like he doesn't. And then, but then, yeah, I feel fake. I feel fake. I feel like a fraud. See, that's where the silence comes in. I choose silence where you choose violence. And I respect you. <laughs> for choosing that because it seems like a more authentic way of living but it does but sometimes it's hard and I wasn't authentic with him because I feel if I was I'd be like dude that was fucked I mean I'm not asking you to add more drama to your life I support your journey so you can go on and hug him look no but I want it's it's oh I've seen I've run into him a couple times and when I see our names on a lineup I'm always like oh it's funny because I didn't oh, sorry go ahead I just didn't realize that you had reached out to be like, bro, I'm getting death threats. This is getting serious. And that he would not take it down is like very. Yeah. 100%. Because I was just annoyed when the post was just like, well, I didn't even have an idea this would happen. And it's like all women do is tell you how mean everyone is on the Internet to them. Like, I don't know how you can pretend you didn't know. I don't know the purpose of posting if that's not part of your intention. Like. People act like I also wonder if you were like super famous, if he would do like the same thing. Um, maybe probably that would be even like more possibly more cooler attention. for him to do. I don't know. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like people didn't understand. They thought I was like punching. It's like that guy made so much more money than I ever will. Like it, it, it was just like misconstrued as like. People think people who are on TV are just like rich, I guess, all the time or just like well off. And so I think that was part of it. It's like, yeah, no, I'm also I'm not anything like I it's it's it was just it was hard. It was not possible to like clarify what comedy is to people, number one, because like a lot of these kids, I don't think knew what stand up was or cared. They just saw someone getting on stage and saying like, fuck that guy. So they don't understand the context of like a comedy club or like. You know what I mean? It's like, it's two worlds that should not have collided at all. 
And so there's still been no apology. Would you want an apology from this person or no? It doesn't even I matter. Don't think about it or care. Like it's, it, it's wouldn't it wouldn't mean anything to me. I mean, it's cool if they in their journey they realized they did something dumb, but like I, I, to, I don't think about it at all. Yeah. Did anyone reach out to you that was threatening you years later and be like, my bad, like outside of this person, or it just like died down and it was like another internet, f- you know, situation that was that. You know, what's interesting is some of the people, some of just random people online who had DM me something horrible within some span of time, either a day or a week or even months later, DM like, hey, I shouldn't have said that to you. Like that's so that that was like that was cool to know that it was possible for some people to reflect on their actions or like realize that in the heat of the moment or in the heat of the mob or like wanting to look cool online, they just did something that they didn't even agree with. It was just kind of like the thing to do. So that was nice, but like none of the like bigger, none of the like bigger people who said something bad. I don't think anyone reached out to me now. And has it changed the way you do comedy or navigate the like industry or what you want and don't want from life or no? Um, it made me realize how dumb what we do is and like <laughs> how dumb the internet is and it's just like I think I just started taking it less seriously in a positive way of like oh yeah I'm always going to be misunderstood there's always going to be miscommunication especially on the internet like there's no reason to fear negative feedback or like bad comments because someone is always gonna deliberately try to misrepresent you to hurt you or just innocently misunderstand you so once you accept that you can just start like really just saying how you actually feel and and you know being sort of more honest because you realize the people who are going to understand and like you will do that and the people who won't you have no control over so yeah so do you think god forbid if this were to happen again do you feel like you would have the same emotional journey or would it just be like okay i'm going on private peace out i'm gonna go on vacation or like or wouldn't happen again yeah like what happens if people misunderstand you again? It would definitely be easier to handle just because I had tread that already. And like, I think uh, the worst part really is just like the doxing. Like if that is not part of the equation, then like, yeah, I think it's fine. But just to have it come into your actual life, like people leaving voicemails on your phone and like text, like having to change your number, like things like that. When it like leaks into like real life, that's when it's like, it sucks no matter what, even if you've gone through it before, I think that's always going to suck, but I would definitely be better equipped to deal with it. It would suck if like, I just didn't, the thing I learned was that the only way to fight a mob is with another mob. Like if I didn't have that mob of comedians fighting that mob, it would have been so much different. So I'm eternally thankful to anybody who posted something. And it made me also change my opinion about posting things like that. Like I don't even know if I would have been the type of person to post on someone's behalf during that just because I don't post a lot or it's like virtue signaling or something. But I realized the actual utility of people saying things because it actually does change. Like it can actually have an impact and like that mob seeing that other mob, like I'm sure it did have a positive impact and like it just made it so that it was not... I think some people probably understood that I wasn't like a terrible person as a result of like all these people defending me. So it definitely made me realize I should always be posting and like defending people if they're going through something like that. So it really does help even just to read a positive message when you're going through something like that. Um, 
So yeah, but yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen again. I was scared to go to the mall for a while. Like I thought teenagers were going to recognize me and like do something. Like I just didn't know what was real and what wasn't. And so even just the step of like going to the mall and realizing, oh, nobody is looking at me or recognizing me or like all of this really is just on my phone. Like that was like a, a, a big step in sort of getting over it. Well, you're a Simpsons person like I am. Whenever stuff like this happens, I always think of just don't look, just don't look the Treehouse of Horror episode. Yes. Um, I think about it all the time with so many things where I'm like, just stop looking at it. Um, but it's scary when people are coming at you. Yeah, it's definitely turned me off to social media even more than I was before. Like, it's really just net negative effects on humanity and your personal life for sure. Yeah, and you're still doing comedy and enjoying it, having fun. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Where can people find you or what should people look out for or... Um, I'm online at Dina Hashem underscore, um, or on YouTube, Dina Hashem comedy. Um, I'm at the cellar most days. That's it. Really? (laughs) (laughs) It is really fun there. Yeah. I actually, I talked about this a little last week's episode, but I had a heckler that just he was pissed at me. He could not handle me. And he kept being like, oh, you can't handle. Oh, you can't. Like, just so rude. And um, the door guys went up to him after and were like, what the fuck? If you have a problem with her, you have a problem with us. What's your problem? And he kept denying having a problem with me. And they were like, well, you come here all the time. You just said, and you've never done this before. So it's clearly with her. And you know she was kidding. Because he kept being like, she singled me out. And he's like, you know it was a joke. You know her intention on stage and whatever is doing is to make people laugh so like you're purposely misconstruing the situation to be mad at her and he kind of had to leave with a tail between his legs because I don't think he realized the door guys were all gonna like have my back but he he was just so mad and it's like I'm having a good time like I don't yeah it was just weird it's like you really can't tell by my vibe that I'm like just being silly you know yeah it's so weird to get attacked feel attacked personally at a comedy show but also yeah the seller i should have mentioned that they had my back so hard during all that because obviously i told the joke there and like they were so cool to me and just like come in we'll give you a different name just you can still perform whenever you want just anytime come in like they were they completely had my back so shouts to the to them i love that did you use a fake name for a bit i did yeah (laughs) That's awesome. I'm I'm glad they did that. No, they always have the backs of people that tell jokes. Right. Rightfully. Yeah. We're just, uh, and the joke was so good. And yeah, I think if the joke was like a bomb, I wonder if people would care too. Like, I think, was it because it was funny? People were also mad. Well, it's funny because when I saw the clip, I was like, oh, I hate my delivery. I sound so like, 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 I hate the fucking delivery of it. And so I thought when people were like publicly defending me, like on podcasts, they like played the joke. And I'm like, surely they're going to say like, well, you know, the joke's not great. But they were saying like, I think they were just saying it's like great just for the purpose of defending me. Whereas in my heart, I'm like, oh, I'm so I'm cringing at this joke. So. I don't know. I, I, t- I would tell the joke in person to people. 
and it was I, I liked it <laughs> I don't know. I th- yeah I think it was just the way I said it that annoyed me and like that bothered you yeah there's actually one bigger comedian I remember they went on Theo Vaughn's podcast and Theo asked what they think of it and like they were like I don't I think just I just think the show is like bad and like I don't like her and, and so I hate that's another comic who I hate so I don't know. yeah we're gonna end this podcast so I can know who that is <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this. I know I've, uh, you know, you know, I've wanted you on for a while since we started. So thank Thank you. you. It's an honor. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope everything riled you up. I hope you're dying to know who that comic was that ratted her out. Um, I'm sure you're about to Google, get all the scoop on everything. Like, I'm sure you're about to follow her, watch her comedy, get involved, watch her skater videos, be obsessed with her. Um, And I hope you really enjoyed it. It was, I really did. So I hope you do too. And oh, as always, thanks so much for listening to my podcast. And it's 323-677-1943 if you want to call in and get any advice about your enemy needs. Thank you so much. That was a HeadGum Podcast.